Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. <laughs> Please welcome Sark to West Coast Live. Mitchell Holman, our engineer, is busy adjusting the settings of the microphones to deal with the bright colors you're wearing today. <laughs> but I want to talk about your red shoes. Okay. I love your red shoes. And there's a theme going on because Mark, Mike has green, I mean, red socks. Really? Yeah. Well, there we go. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, the sartorial details of our staff are endlessly fascinating, I'm sure, to our audience here. Uh, when, when I take a look at your books, some, sometimes I'm not just quite sure where to begin, but I do know that I've seen your work on cards and posters in many people's lives and homes. And so, for instance, uh, just a couple of the chapters here. Chapter two, Land of No. What stops you? What's the land of no? Well, that's how we tell ourselves that we can't live our dreams, um, and we all do it. And I just want to point out, do you see this? Oh, it's a 12-month guide to becoming creative. Well, but this is a table of contents for the linear thinker. You know how you just pointed out that very... Um, but you notice I jumped right to number two. You did, to the land of no. Yeah. What's number three? The land of uh, the world of yes, what starts you. Uh, ten, what does our dream need to grow? Where does it need to go? It confused a very sort of straight-thinking friend of mine who looked at this book and, and didn't know what to make of the bright colors... I, was, I think was expecting a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> well, I like to hypnotize people with the bright... You know, I have a theory that um, bright colors have been stolen away from adults. We don't have enough color. They're all for the kids. And adults love color. They resonate to color. They get excited. And color, color makes us feel happy and joyful. So it's why I use a lot of color. But I just have to repoint out that this, show that to your friend. This is the linear table of contents. I made two. I made one for the people that are more artistic and then that one. This one which looks uh, normal and word processed in some people's vision and the other looks, uh, as you can see, uh, free-spirited, blithe, yes. colorful. Yes, and I actually have both in me. You might think, oh, she's the free-spirited one, but no, I, I have actually both very strong. I'm very organized as well as I'm creative, which I kept in hiding for years because I thought you couldn't be a free spirit and be organized. And you can't run Planet Sark unless you're organized. Right, so I'm, out, I'm come out as an organized person. Did the printer enjoy doing a, a book that was filled with so many different pages, filled with such color? Yeah, they love doing Sark books, and I send them posters, and you know, I send them a th big thank, you, colorful thank you card, and yeah, I have great publishers and printers, and everybody has fun, you know. Your your first poster that you did sort of on your own in your garage was in what year? That was I wrote that in 1989. It was called How to Be an Artist, and it was my description of how I um, live my life or how I want to live my life. And um, it starts out, it says, stay loose, learn to watch snails, plant impossible gardens, invite someone dangerous to tea. Typical type A behavior. <laughs> and my cat, Jupiter, 
who was very young cat at the time, would, would stand up on his hind legs and carefully peel the poster off the wall. And it would fall on the floor and go whoosh. And it would wake me up. And it was very annoying, because I don't like to wake up. And um, then I, I thought, well, maybe he's trying to say something. So I took it to a catalog company. And I said, would you like to put this in your catalog? And they said, well, it's very crooked and strange looking. I don't know. We'll, we'll give it a try. So they put it in, and I didn't expect anything. And they called a couple days later, and they said, we had 250 orders in three days. And I said, oh, OK, I can make 250. And they said, oh, no, that shows that we need to order 500 now, and we'll take 1,000 next week. And I was doing these by hand. Yeah. And I ended up making 11,000 by hand, Sedge. That's impressive, Karen. <laughs> And had to become organized. I want you to draw a juicy living card. I've I'll draw a juicy living card, but I also have a project for you that I'd like okay. you to be thinking about. Uh, I was talking with a, a friend of mine about the, uh, the issue of global warming. Uh -huh. And people call it different things. Yes. Uh, and there's also this uh, uh, agreement that many nations signed, except the United States, called the, the Kyoto Protocol. And I'm thinking that these words and this idea in the name of this document aren't strong or vivid enough in order to convey what's actually happening. And we need language that conveys what's happening. Global warming sounds kind of benign. Climate change sounds, you know, has a different kind of sound to it. Smothering Mother Earth. Now that is a phrase. And if you had the Kyoto Protocols were designed to stop smothering Mother Earth, how could the United States be opposed to that? But Kyoto Protocols, you know, that sounds foreign. You know, you don't have any foreign too much to have to agree to. You know, the United States has to go its own way. So I'm thinking if there is a way that we could come up with a term, maybe you could put your mind on this, for global warming that would be a creative and positive way of, of dealing with it, yet also signal the danger it means. Anyway, if in the next five minutes you can do that. It's going to get hot as hell. There you go. That's the, the, the hot as hell protocol. All right. <laughs> And then the president says, I oppose the hot as hell protocol. <laughs> so uh, you want me to pick a juicy, a juicy card? Yeah, randomly. I brought this as a gift for you. Oh, thank you. And, and what is this card? This is called a This is to remind us to live juicy, as opposed to dry, cracked, and stagnant, and crabby. So it has, it has uh, handwritten watercolor uh, uh, words on each side. Uh, which, one do I, which side do I read? Either one? Oh, I see. So one, it looks like kind of a tombstone. <laughs> Interesting, Seth. And it says, this way to a brand new experience. <laughs> and on the other side, it says, you are always on your way to an adventure. I think that describes your life, Sedge. All right, well, thank you. All right, what else? Well, what else? Oh, I get the whole box. Well, here, and this, this, give this to Mike, because it seems to really be a clock for him that he needs to wake up to. It's the clock. Oh, Mike? Yes. Mike Greensill here. They, could you come oh. over and collect this, please? On one side, it uh, says in, in bright yellow handwriting against a pink um, rose-colored background, breathe. And on the other side, it has the clock of forgiveness. And, where, uh, and I'll read f uh, around the clock here. Yes, yeah. it's OK. Wow. At uh, three position, it says go back to sleep. <laughs> Four, call later, nap. Yeah. <laughs> Six, quit. Seven, sleep. Eight, nap. Uh, eight, it's okay. Actually, I don't feel like it at nine. Go without <laughs> me at ten. No worries. 
at 11 and 12, yes. Yeah. I think that one's very good for and me. And so yeah. you can use this twice a day. Easily. <laughs> yeah. Hand that to, to Mike. Thank you. It's for you, and you can give them to everyone later, your staff, because they're very hardworking and lovely people. <laughs> well, they are, but how about if we hand them to our audience, too? Oh, sure. Yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Ron? This is lovely. What are you doing playing with your PDA? <laughs> could, you, could you give those, hand those out to members of the audience, and, and we'll see maybe in the next hour if uh, they have a juicy life? <laughs> They'll be immediately transformed. So SARC is an acronym for... Susan Ariel Rose Kennedy? Simple acts of random kindness. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> it's true. It's for my name, which is Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. Oh, Rainbow Kennedy. And as, a, as, a, as an artist, as a creative person now running your, your business and being organized, planet. your planet, <laughs> uh, what is, uh, has there been a big change in the way that you, you think? I mean, you, you enjoy sleeping in in the morning, but clearly you might have to get up for a and eight o'clock. Well, actually, I've become, you know, nocturnal is when you stay up all night, which is what I used to be. But I've become diurnal, which I don't like that word, but I have become a day person. So it's different now. But you see, Sedge, you, you get people that help you. I've got a managing director. I've got, uh, you know, other, other business people that, that are awake in the day like me now. But yeah, it's, but it's a creative, I still, it's, there needs to be a lot of creative time. And we're all creative thinkers, and the idea is to be creatively active every day. And we get seduced into thinking that our routine and our job is, is everything, and then we, we get crabby, frankly. And people wake up and say, what happened in my life? And so I've been writing all these years about let's be creative every day. And you can do it in really tiny amounts of time. I mean, I'm a procrastinator. That's why I wrote that subtitle. And I'm a perfectionist. I'm no longer recovering. I'm finished recovering. I'm a proud procrastinator. And I want to invite everyone else to join me in being a proud procrastinator. Because I'm, it's just, there's a great gifts in procrastination. You get a lot Ooh. more time. <laughs> <laughs> but also part of, part of procrastination is, is you want to do it perfectly. Uh, so you can't do it until it's perfect? Oh yeah, and, I, and, and most of us are both. I'm a failed perfectionist, and it's very hard on me. <laughs> um, but you know, it's a, it's a really neat trick because it means that nothing gets started and nothing gets finished. You can't start it because you're a procrastinator, you can't finish it because you're a perfectionist, and it'll never be good enough, and you can't show it to anyone. So good, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know, and I talk a lot about doing nothing. Well, that's a double bind, I mean, that procrastination perfectionism thing. So one of your suggestions uh, as in these, uh, in your, not a 12-step, but a 12-month program, is, did you hear, by the way, that, about that organization group uh, of organizers? They perform their own, uh, form their own self-help group, and they were so efficient as organizers that they reduced the 12 steps to seven. <laughs> really amazing. So in the eighth month, it says, form a grudge group. Oh, yeah. Grudge group. You know, actually, I think Anne Lamott has one, too. Yeah. yeah. And a grudge group is where you just talk about all the grudges you have, because most of us are held back creatively by grudges. We have grudges against politi politicians, the church, uh, our parents, therapists, big grudges. And so my solution is blame everyone. You know, <laughs> blame everyone, make a big list, and talk about it. You know, because most of us keep grudges in, and we just think no one else has the grudges I do. We all do. And the people that don't, um, God bless them. 
So, okay, so then you form this big list. How do you degrudge yourself? Well, one time, a long time ago, when I still had some, I had more issues than I do now with, with the subject of men in my life, I made a list of men that I blamed. That's an interesting phrase. <laughs> I made a list of men that I blamed on a long roll of butcher paper. And I filled it, and then I laid on it, and I got all the ink all over me. And I, I, I really, that released a lot. Uh, did you wear the ink for a while? <laughs> no, but I, I eventually got some good therapy, and I love men now. I think it's very important to say. And men are not the problem, by the way. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of especially um, in feminism, where somehow the energy is that men are the problem. And it's simply not true. And whenever I say that in a group, I see men's shoulders come down. <laughs> because in some way, they're thinking they are the problem. And they're not. Or they're thinking women are the problem, either way. So, well, there we are. Then, so where do we find the problem? Well, I don't think we, it's, it's like Mark said, we don't focus on the problem. It's, it's what you focus on. So focus on the solution or focus on the positive energy. And I'm not talking about being positive. Positive people annoy me. They're way, they, they don't, I don't like when people try to skip over the stuff that hurts. And sometimes people see my books and the color and they think, oh, she's trying to skip over the stuff that hurts. Well, I assure you that before I had some good therapy, I was trying to do that. But the books are filled with stuff that's not at all um, easy or light. And uh, I do that deliberately. But I think it's where we focus our attention. There's, uh, you pay a lot of attention to your dreams. I do. I, I feel like most of us, I feel like we're in a dream. I, one of the subtitles of my books is A Place to Dream While Awake. And most of my, um, a lot of my book information and titles and things come in dreams. But I do a lot of lucid dreaming and I do a lot of activity. I have a lot of dream activity. Some cultures view and treat dreams differently than, than I think ours does. Uh, uh, respect them in, in different ways. Yeah. You know, that, uh, and certainly ancient cultures, dreams were a source of information, of, of, of insight, of perhaps you know, a, a course of political action. Yes. And I think that we try to think of them as frivolous or kind of, you know, fruity or, you know, something like, oh, what a strange dream. And yet there's so much value in our dreams. There's such richness. I mean, think of it. We're there. We're sleeping. Things are happening like a movie. And you can, you can just start to write them down and you'll get even more dream recall. And you can really, it's fascinating and, and a great source of creative energy, I might, I might add. What did you dream about? last night what did I dream about last night I think I'm I'm not remembering but probably my most recent dream that I loved was my cat Jupiter who recently died he came in my dream and he was human sized and dancing with me and I can still feel the paw of his uh, his paw in the small of my back like a big black paw because he was a black cat so when you awaken and you remember that dream how does that uh, shape your day well, I often will. I often do a painting or a drawing of a dream, and then I'll I'll sort of keep going with that dream. Like, what did we do after we danced? You know, like it can become the subject of of any number of pieces of art. But our dreams, I think, can really fuel us if we let them. And a lot of people will say, "I don't remember them," and they often don't because they're not in a habit of making them visible in some way. Whether speaking them, whether writing them, whether they're telling their spouse or you know, that, and they don't have to make sense, and they don't have to be as fully formed as what I just described. 
And, and yet we as a society here are, are constantly finding ourselves sleep deprived, not getting enough sleep, endangering others on the road, for instance, or uh, you know, trying to work and not letting our unconscious play. Exactly. And I think that that is something that needs to change. I mean, that's why I write, you know, the subtitle of people who would really rather sleep all day is most of us are, are tired. And that's why I talk a lot about napping. You know, I have that book, Change Your Life Without Getting Out of Bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that we need to spend a lot more. I call Do you, do you realize what, you know, Serbia it would have been a lot easier if people had stayed in bed, right? Yes. I think there's so many things that could be solved. The book is called Make Your Creative Dreams Real, a plan for procrastinators, perfectionists, busy people, and people who would really rather sleep all day. By Sark, published by Fireside. And for more information, you can go to uh, Planet Sark. Is it org or com or net or who knows? But there's and it's planetsark.com, and I want to invite everyone to join me there. We have a marvelous message board, and it's free and filled with creative souls, and it's fabulous. Good. Thank you. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.